0: So a little over <clears throat> a little over a week ago, my daughter Hannah turned twenty-one. Which when I say it out loud, it makes me feel a little bit older, especially as I stand here holding these babies for child dedication. And I know some of you are saying, "Well, I've got grandkids older than that." Like, this is my moment, so just it's, it's okay, right? So she she turns twenty-one, and we decided she goes to college in Green Bay, so we decided we were going to go up there and surprise her for her birthday. And so we worked it out with her, her significant other, um, whom I do like, because up until this point, any boy that came near her, I wanted to kill him. But it, I, liked, I like him. And we said, hey, act like you're going to take her on a really fancy date, get her all dressed up, and then we're going to surprise her at this restaurant. So we picked a restaurant in Green Bay, very nice. Um, and we were sitting there, and she comes in all dressed up fancy and she's like like it was a really it was a really good surprise but that's not the point of the story so we go to order now this this restaurant was one of those places that you know ambiance the lights are real low there's candles and very cool atmosphere until I went to try and read the menu and I was like I couldn't do my glasses are like I couldn't it was, the light was low enough, the print was so small. I had to pull out my phone with the flashlight on it to read the menu. My kids are rolling their eyes and I thought, I'm that guy now. I'm the flashlight guy at the restaurant that annoys everybody. Once again reminding me that light is important. Light is a significant part of life, I mean things feel safer when there 's light when it 's day. My wife and I spent a couple of years working in the inner city of Los Angeles in one of California and one of the neighbor areas we worked in was a place called skid row it 's a place where the homeless and all kinds of stuff come out at night, but during the day it 's very different, so I, t- I have this picture. The top picture is Skid Row during the day. It's a bustling place of commerce, shops, restaurants. But at night, which is the bottom picture, things get shuttered up and eventually the sidewalks are just filled with all kinds of characters you don't want to run into in the middle of the night. See, light. Light matters. Maybe I'm going to to date myself again, but in in the 70s and 80s, right before the 10 o'clock news came on, the broadcaster would say, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? I'm like, of course I do. I've I've got them on Life 360. They're right, right here. I know where my kids are. In scripture, light is a central motif. God's very first creation was light. Let there be light, and there was In the book of Exodus, God led the Israelites through the desert via a pillar of light. The Hebrews were taught to sing, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 27, verse 1. And in the Proverbs, God's wisdom is compared to a light that illuminates truth. We are currently in a series of messages that we've called Jesus in His Own Words. During the season of Lent, we are going to hear Jesus in His Own Words, words that He says about Himself. In the Gospel of John, there are seven statements that Jesus makes about Himself that all begin with the same phrase. <clears throat> and that phrase is, I am. The phrase, I am, is a very personal name, and it dates back to the Old Testament book of Exodus. Now, in the book of Exodus, God uh, is going to free his people from slavery in Egypt. And up until this moment, the people know God as Elohim. It's a very proper title. But in the book of Exodus chapter 3, God's going to send a character named Moses To free his people from Egypt. So Moses is in the desert. Remember, if you know the story, he fled from Egypt because he killed someone and it's a long story. But now he's in the desert and he's a, he's a shepherd. He's tending sheep. And he sees, while he's in the desert, this bush that's on fire, but it's not consumed. And he says, like we probably would, let us go see this wonder, this sight, this bush that's, that's not burning. Even though it's on fire. And from the bush, God speaks and says to Moses, I'm going to send you to Egypt. I want you to free my, my people from slavery in Egypt. Verse 13 of Exodus 3, Moses says to God, okay, so suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God your father, of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So so God moves from this, this title of Elohim to this very personal name, I, I am. So now we move into the New Testament. In the book of John chapter 7, Jesus is in the city of Jerusalem, and he's at a Jewish festival called the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles was one of three main Jewish feasts in which all Jews were required to attend. The Feast of Tabernacles was a celebration and remembrance of the Jews wandering around in the desert for 40 years, living in tents. And so the celebration went something like this. For eight days, the Jewish people would build tents on the roofs of their homes in remembrance of the time in the wilderness when they lived in tents. There was also a lot of light involved in this celebration as a remembrance to God leading the people of Israel via a pillar of fire in in the darkness. The Mishnah, which is an oral tradition or a collection of, of Jewish sayings, speaks this, these words, about the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. The writer says, Whoever has not seen these things, speaking of the tabernacles, Feast of Tabernacles, has never seen a wonder in his or her life. Four large stands, each held four golden bowls, These bowls were placed in the court of the women, and the the 16 golden bowls, which needed to be reached by ladders, they were so tall, were filled with oil, and then they used the worn garments of priests as wicks, and so as a remembrance of the pillar of fire in the wilderness, these 16 gigantic bowls filled with oil would be lit on fire, and some said it You could see it all through Jerusalem. It was so bright and glorious in the evening. So it's under these lights, during this celebration, that Jesus makes a bold and profound statement. John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus speaks and he says, "'I am the light of the world. "'Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness.'" but will have the light of life. He, He says these things during the Feast of Tabernacles under these burning lights that represent God's presence. He says, I, I'm it. I am the light of the world. But the Pharisees challenged him, verse 13. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. And Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you have no idea where I came from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true, because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who has sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who has sent me. And they asked him, "Well, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching on the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. I am the light of the world. Oh, that statement triggered people. You have been triggered? You ever hear someone say, oh, that triggered me? Well, well, Jesus is triggering a lot of people, particularly the religious people. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. It's, it's almost as if they were, were heckling him. As Jesus is, he's teaching, and there's all these people gathered around, hearing. Right? He's up here, and the people are down here, like Jesus. Like, who do you, who do you think you are? What do you mean you? Who do you? And Jesus is like, well, like uh, hecklers. If there was a heckler here. It's fine, but you'd be escorted out promptly by security. I mean, it, it, Jesus was. Cha- I mean, there was this this challenge, and things got awkward. Oh, they got awkward because what they heard Jesus saying was, first, that Jesus is the creator. That same light that was made by Elohim, Jesus is saying, that's me, I'm it. And then, because Jesus spoke this during the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus is saying that same light, that pillar of light that guided your ancestors through the desert, that's me. I am it, I am the light of the world Thus making the claim, I am the creator of the world. The the apostle Paul affirms this in Colossians chapter one when he writes of Christ. He says, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Oh, light is the creative genius of God. The, the gamma rays and the x-rays and the ultraviolet lights and the infrared light and microwaves and radio waves, God created Much of creation, in fact, needs light to survive. Plants need light to survive. Humans, in many ways, need light to survive. If you're like me, I am vitamin D deficient. And so my doctor regularly tells me, take your supplements, but every once in a while, go outside, roll up your sleeves, and stand in the sun. I am the light of the world. I am the creator, but also I'm light that exposes. John chapter 1, verse 5, going back a few pages. John writes this, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Light always exposes darkness. In the scripture, Light is equated with truth, and darkness is equated with, with sin, and, and the light of Christ exposes all those those dark, shadowy things. I was in college in, in the early 90s, and the college that I attended was was fairly strict in its rules, which was probably good because at the time I needed a little bit of guidance, and I went to a very strict Christian theological college. And one of the rules at our college was if you were... Dating someone, if you were a couple, there was no PDA on campus. PDA stand, stands for Public Displays of Affection. So, many of the students had a workaround, not me of course because I was a very obedient student, but many, many of the students would go to a nearby park called Doling Park, which we nicknamed Makeout Park, and they would go at night into the more shadowy places of the, the parking lot for public displays, per, per, public displays of affection. And, and so my friends and I, we did this thing where we would get in our car, and all of our cars had stickers on it, parking stickers, that, so we knew who was from our college. We would go to that park, and we'd pull up right behind them and turn on the brights, the bright lights. Like you see these two heads pop up. It's so funny. It was exposure. However, for light to triumph in our own lives, we have to recognize our own inner darkness. Every one of us in this room possesses the capacity to make headlines and not in a good way. Every one of us is one poor decision away from disaster. And yet it's so much easier to point to someone else's darkness Oh, because it makes me feel so much better about myself. At least I'm not like them. I saw this online the other day, this conversation between a a, a congregant and his pastor. And the congregant, that guy, says, why don't you preach more on sin? The pastor says, okay, tell me your sin and I'll try to preach a sermon on it. That guy, no, no, I mean, why don't you preach on... This other sin, me, the pastor, is that your sin? No. Well, why would you want to hear a sermon on someone else's sin? <laughs> because it makes us feel so much better about ourselves because we're not doing that. As I, I wrote this message this week, I was trying to gather some of my thoughts, so I wrote a journal entry as I was working through some of this stuff that I, want, I just want to read it to you. I entitled this journal entry, Exposing Darkness. What does it mean? First, it means addressing our inner brokenness in the shadowy places of our own soul. It's convenient and easy to point fingers at others. It makes us feel better when we know that we are not as bad as them. Yet that statement is its own form of darkness. It means confronting the religious darkness much like Jesus did in the first century, in which the church used scripture as a, a weapon of hate, a legalistic document of rules, rather than a revelation of who God is. It means confronting the abuse of people, whether it is by sex traffickers, the school bully, or the workplace bully. Shining light into darkness means repenting of the harsh treatment of people in the margins. It means confronting a culture that worships at the temple of Aphrodite, the god of sex and lust, and the many forms of sexuality, distortion, and lust that stand blatantly contrary to the Bible and what it means to be created in the image of God. It means acknowledging our own failures to live out the gospel. It means repenting for putting more trust in political leaders, bank accounts, personal platforms, and achievements rather than the person of Christ. It means confronting our own gossip, greed, and shallowly curated digital presences online designed in nature to provoke jealousy from others because our lives are so much better than theirs. It means repenting of our theological arrogance, our sense of self-righteousness, our lust, our gluttony, our manipulation, our abuse, both emotional and physical. This is what it means to expose the darkness because nothing is hidden from God. Nothing. Oh, we can try. Have you ever tried to live a lie? Living a lie is very difficult because you bear the weight of two lives. I mean, bearing the weight of one life is is hard enough. And and for those of us that have these moments in which we feel so spiritually superior to others, would we feel, would we feel as confident if we were to have all of our thoughts and our secret actions broadcast on the screens like a movie, oh, would we be as self-righteous then? Because eventually everything, everything is disclosed. Often it's disclosed in one of three ways. The first, which is the best way, is through confession. Confession. God made a provision for us because He knows we are faulty and frail human beings, every single one of us. And so God gave us a gift. In James chapter one, the scriptures say, "Confess your sins one to another, so that you may be healed." That's in the Bible because God knows. Like, he knows that we. The last time I sinned was probably an hour ago. Like God knows. And so before it gets out of control and out of hand, confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. Because if I don't, the other two options will probably happen. I'll either be outed, caught, or I'll be destroyed by it. I am the light of the world, Jesus said. And the light exposes all darkness. All darkness. And finally, Jesus, in his statement, is claiming that he is the redeemer. He is the light of redemption. I don't like to use should statements. I don't like to tell people you should do this, but I'm gonna. I believe that Christians, followers of Jesus, should be the most grace-filled, Loving and kind people on the planet because we have experienced for ourselves the light of God's redemptive grace. As the old hymn goes, I once was blind, but now I see. And Jesus said, Whoever follows me will no longer walk in darkness. Again, a reference to the Exodus in which. The Israelites followed the, the burning pillar of fire. It's not just being good, but it's, it's following Christ. Because if you ever stumble in the darkness, it's awkward to stumble around in the darkness. My wife and I, usually at night, we close our bedroom door all the way because in our hallway there's a, a window and sometimes light comes in, so we, we like it dark, so we close the door. But a while back, one of us forgot to close the door all the way. I got up in the middle of the night to check on the kids. Pitch black, and I just walking towards the door, and I just walk smack into the side, just right in my face. <laughs> oh, the words I said back to confession, right? I, I just, <laughs> oh, it hurts so bad. I thought I broke my nose. Uh, stumbling in the darkness, it's 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 awkward, but the light of Christ it illuminates and it guides. And Jesus said, "We." You and me, as his followers, have that same light. I, every once in a while, usually twice a year, my family and I, um, we try to get down to Florida. Because, you know, December, January, February, it just, it's just cold. And for those of you watching right now from a warm climate, we don't just don't like you right now. And I just need to go thaw out. Every once in a while. The older I get, the more I I just despise the cold. And so we'll go down to Fort Myers, and sometimes I get off the plane, and it's 85 and sunny. Oh, doesn't sound good. And I get off the plane, and I step outside, and I just, oh, just to feel the sun, the warm sun on my body. Oh, I love it. You and I, we stand in the warming presence of Christ each day. And because we stand in his presence, we have the privilege, the opportunity, and responsibility to reflect him. You realize all matter gives off light. It reflects the light in some way. So if we go back to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus himself said, you are the light of the world. You are a reflection of me, I am the source of your aliveness. Go and be life and light in your world. Unfortunately, we can be living, but not alive. Just kind of all depends on what it is that you 're basking in and what it is that you 're reflecting. And she said, "I am the light of the world, the light that creates the light that exposes." and the light that redeems. May we bask in that light and be a reflection of it for all the world to see. We're grateful, oh God. Grateful for the scriptures, for your words that we have to guide us to illuminate our hearts and our minds. You are the light of the world. May we never walk in darkness as we follow you. May we know you as Creator, the Sustainer of all things. May we know you as the one that exposes those secret places, those shadowy places in our soul. But we also know you as that redeeming light that forgives and transforms. I want to reflect that light. Would you give me the courage and grace to do so? Amen. God's grace and peace on you as you go, and may you experience the warmth of the light of Christ this week. Amen. Amen. See you.